Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone. Everybody, and welcome back for another episode of the T-Bone Speaks podcast. And listen, this week, we're going to continue our journey in talking about things that matter. And we're going to talk specifically about dental sales and sales training in your practice. Now, I know many of you struggle with wanting to do more dentistry, wanting to slow down. And believe it or not, case acceptance has a direct correlation to actually slowing down your practice. I want us to make 2021 the year we focus not on busyness, but instead on the business of our dental practice. But before we get into this week's guest with uh, Ashley Ladder, all the way from England, I'm going to turn it over to Meredith, and she's going to do uh, some housekeeping for us. Hi, everyone. I have a review of our mm. podcast before we get started. We have a couple Let's new reviews. Let's see who I paid this week. <laughs> well, we don't have an actual name. <laughs> well, I paid them. <laughs> this says, influential and practical. Just wanted to say I'm a big fan of the podcast. I found it recently and have been binging on it a ton. It has been a giant influence on me as I get ready to purchase a practice in the process of developing my own financial menu. Thanks for the content you put out. I wonder if it's like Netflix and it's like, are you still listening? Are you still listening? (laughs) Well, I I just want to thank that person for sending a review. And and, good luck. And absolutely. Always good luck. I think there's nothing better than being in control of your destiny. Yeah, so. well, we just wrapped up a great week um, a few weeks ago for the Millennial Mastermind. So. Our first course at our 3D retreat. Yeah. Phenomenal. So I wanted Tiring. to add, yeah, we have a couple more um, big things coming. We have some team retreats coming this summer, this fall. Um, at our new 3D retreat, these retreats will include all kinds of things, a weekend of fun with CE, learning and expanding. I would say these are a little bit... Um, more in-depth of mm-hmm. topics we already teach, like case yeah. acceptance, sleep apnea, that kind of thing. Our spring digital implant continuum with live patients is sold out, but we do have a few spots for summer and fall, so get in touch if you're ready to add implants to your practice. Wonderful. Well, with that all being said, let me introduce our guest. Our guest today is going to be Ashley Ladder, all the way from, I believe you said Manchester, England? Manchester, England, yes. north, north of England, yeah. Yeah, so, welcome. well, welcome. I mean, I think that's a soccer team from what I've been, yeah. foot, football team, excuse <laughs> me, football team. So, uh, it, listen, in 1997, two dentists took part in Ashley's two-day ethical sales and communication program in Manchester. And from those two dentists, 
22, over 22,500 delegates, dentists, orthodontists, team members, specialists, have taken his program from all over the world. And what that tells you is that what Ashley has to say is very important. It also tells you that it's very relevant. He's written three books, Don't Wait for the Tooth Fairy, which I have read, and You Are Worth It, Communicate Your Fees with Confidence so that you can achieve the income your services desire, which all dentists, whether you're in the U.S. or beyond, need to understand that we should charge what we're worth and feel that we're worth. Ashley has a unique process, which includes sharing proven strategies, coaching his delegates in a fun and positive way, allowing the delegates to develop new skills, new behaviors, and increased levels of self-confidence. Ashley lives, as we mentioned, in Manchester, which I think I have to say is a very good soccer team. I don't know. Uh, I think it's Man, Man U, Manchester United. That just came to my head. <laughs> and is married to Gazella. They have two daughters, Enrica and Martina, and in his spare time, he enjoys cycling, walking the Lake District, and spending quality time with his family. You had me until you said you enjoy doing physical activities <laughs> like cycling and walking, so I no longer like you, Ashley. <laughs> Ashley, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, for our listeners that don't know, Ashley and I have a mutual friend in our very own Aaron Elliott, who uh, was singing Ashley's praises about four or five years back when she joined 3D Dentist. And since then, I've been uh, listening. And uh, I think your your own podcast is called Two Two Red... uh, What is it called? Two Reds Are Better Than One. Two reds um, are better we're, than we're one. Both, yeah. There's two, there's two teams in Manchester. Um, there's uh, the, the team that you said there before, Man United, and, and that's the red the team in red. Um, but there's another team in blue, and they're called Man City. Um, so myself and Chris Barrow, we're both big United fans. Um, so we, do the, we record this podcast, and we call it Two Reds Are Better Than One. Excellent, excellent. Well, Ashley, you've, you're known, very well known for dental sales training. Kind of give, if you don't mind, briefly give our listeners an overview of how you got into it and really your unique approach to dental sales or dental case acceptance. Sure. Good question. Um, well, it's, it was back in 1997, um, as, as you were saying, I was delivering this um, um, a sales training course um, for people from all sorts of industries. So we had uh, lawyers, we had estate agents, we had radio salespeople, engineers, a couple of car salespeople. But right at the bottom of the list was two dentists. And I was like, um, you know, why are two dentists taking a sales course? So I got to meet the dentists over breakfast and I asked them. And what they said was they were great dentists. They were technically excellent. They could place implants, crowns, veneers, teeth whitening. They could do all the clinical dentistry. But what they couldn't do was get the patients over the line. They couldn't get the commitment. They were often were taught very technical. Uh, they would um, uh, write long treatment plans to patients and say, go home and think about it. And as you said at the start there, Taryn, they were pretty awful at discussing fees. So let's say the fee was $1,000. But by the time it came out of the mouth, um, it would be $850. And $150 would go missing in the head. So uh, they took part in this course, and um, as they left on the second day, I asked them, how was it? You know, how did you find it? And they put the thumbs up. Um, but I was just curious, and don't ask me why. And I said, oh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you a ring in six weeks to see how the course went. So six weeks later, I'm lying on my couch at home, and I'm thinking, I wonder how those two dentists got on. Um, should I ring them? Should I not? Should I ring them? Should I not? A bit like ringing a girl up for a date. 
uh, when I was 18, you know, should I ring her? Will she say yes? Should I not? Anyway, um, I picked up the uh, courage to make the phone call and I'm glad I did. And both those dentists told me that their treatment plan acceptance had increased. Uh, more patients were saying yes. Uh, but the main thing they told me was for the first time ever, they were delivering the dentistry they loved to do and their patients wanted. And that was the key thing. The books were full. They weren't discounting. And I kept in touch. I, I, I was ringing one dentist in particular. We got, we got on really well, a guy called Neil. And, and, and myself and Neil, actually, we're still good friends today. And um, about six months later, you know, both those dentists said, look, we told our mates, would you do a course just for dentists? And I said, yeah, I'd love to, but I don't know anything about dentistry. Would you come and help me teach it? So they said they would, and they'd come back and help me. They, they would give all examples and taught dentistry. And um, we had 26 dentists in England in, in taking a sales training course with us. And we called it the the ethical sales. Now, the word ethical means like it's done properly. It's the right way of doing it. So we had to have that word in, and we made the word sales very small, uh, made the, the word communication big. And uh, we delivered this course, and I wrangled 26 dentists up over a series of weeks. They all said the same, that their treatment plan acceptance had increased, more patients were saying yes. And um, from there, um, you know, they told their mates, they, they wanted to come back, they wanted to bring the team. And then it, it really just started from there. And it was a bit of a slow burner to start off with um, the first two or three years. And after about three or four years, I decided to really just go full time working in dentistry because I could see the opportunity. I could see the growth of cosmetic dentistry. I could see the fact that a lot of people wanted to leave the natural health service and become private, which I think is probably like, you know, uh, your dentist becoming less reliant on insurance and becoming more just private and less reliant on that. And I could see this happening. So I just decided to go full time in dentistry. So, I mean, you know, if there was four dentists having dinner, I'd go meet them and do a little talk straight after, you know, for dessert. And I would just enroll people on courses and, and start to deliver these courses. And and really, the rest is history. You know, I've, I've now, as you quite rightly said, delivered this two-day program now to 26, 27,000 dentists worldwide. I've been to the States probably 20 times. Um, I come over, I'm coming over again in September. Um, I go to Australia, Singapore, India, I've been everywhere. And um, just be, be, because I made two phone calls from two dentists. So the, the story I always share, and I always say this to dentists, is make time each day um, to ring your patients up at home. You know, give them, you know, if you made three or four phone calls a day to some patients that came in, the goodwill it would bring would be absolutely phenomenal. And, and it would grow your network and um, deepen your relationships. And like I said, making those two, two phone calls really did uh, change my life. And, um, you know, uh, now I've spent, you know, uh, well over 23, 24 years working with dentists. I I probably delivered over 34,000 hours and probably spent 34,000 hours in restaurants with them as well and, and bars. My wife um, constantly reminds me I spend more time with them than I do with her and the kids, <laughs> which is probably why I've got a which is probably why I've got a 24-year marriage that's going quite well. So, um, it, you know, it works really well. So, yeah, I'm really fortunate. But it's just basically making a phone call to two dentists, you know, all those years ago. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist 
digital implant continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Well, I think the other thing that we can say is spending 20 years plus with dentists is the, it's amazing that number one, you have hair and then you have gray hair, which is probably caused by the dentist. (laughs) That's coming from a guy who doesn't have hair. And then I did notice, I do want to share with our listeners the, the not so good discovery I made today which is that when I was shaving today, I noticed that my chest hairs were almost all gray. And we told him TMI. Yeah, but that's, you know, <laughs> listen, I, I just like sharing. I mean, listen. I, listen, problem, yeah, listen. I, all men um, have, I, and some I, women too. I'd like to wake up and have a few hairs on my chest. So I think people are getting gray hairs younger and younger now. So, Well, I, I think it's the new thing. Yeah. In for, uh, gray case, is in. Case acceptance for dating. Gray is, gray is in. Is. Yeah, but, but anyway, I, I, I'm gray because I've not had a haircut now for nearly two, two and a half months. Our barbers are still shut here, so oh, um, it might be a DIY job tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I think they should no bring – I, I remember growing uh, in, ni- in the 90s, they had the Floby. We need to bring the Floby back, the little vacuum cleaner that cuts hairs. I don't know if you guys, uh-uh. that's way, you guys are way too young for that, not <laughs> Ashley. All right, so Ashley, listen, I want to get into the content that our listeners are looking for. And let's start okay. with this. What do you think are the big mistakes that dentists are making when it comes to case acceptance? Okay, well, there's, there's a few. Um, the first big mistake, I think, is they don't spend enough time building uh, rapport with the clients. Um, you know, the rapport is, is, it builds trust. Um, you know, I was very, very fortunate to, to work with the Dale Carnegie organization for, te- uh, for, for eight years. And, you know, I used to teach the, um, the principles from how to win friends and influence people. And, and in that book, you know, it told you the importance of building rapport, connecting with people. So I think that's a big mistake. And I think if, if I could, cajole on and people give some advice you know make make time to build that connection build rapport with your patients the second big mistake and this this is a real biggie and i see this everywhere and i've i've watched hundreds and hundreds of consultations i've and i see this anywhere around the world big mistake and and if dentists want to write this one down is that they sell treatment without truly fully finding out what the patients wants and needs are 
um, is that they sell, provide solutions. They, they do it far too quickly. And they miss out really on asking the value of asking questions, which I think I know we're going to cover um, in this session today. So the big mistake is selling too quickly. And and uh, I see this everywhere. I see this everywhere I go. I see it in, in practices all over the world. And if you could just make time and ask really, really good questions, which, I, like I said, we'll cover that this evening. And the third big mistake um, I see is they don't close. Um, and there's a variety of reasons for this. There's many reasons. They don't want to come across as hard pressure or they don't want to come across as, you know, like a hard salesperson. So they give the right large treatment plans. And often they say to patients, go home and, and think about it. And inevitably, that's what patients will do. So there has to be, uh, and I think that's probably about the second biggest mistake, is not getting the patient commitment, not getting the patient over the line. And I think the reason, there's many reasons why that happens. Uh, but I think one of the big reasons is, the one, like I've just said, is the don't want to come across as hard pressure. But the second reason is that, that a lot of dentists are, are typically engineers by nature. They are researchers. They're technicians. So when they buy things themselves, they tend to take time. They tend to research a lot. Um, you know, we, we uh, often we I hear stories in my courses um, of dentists spending, you know, 40, 50 hours researching to buy a tumble dryer or washing machine. You know, well, you know, why? You know, well, they go to the shop and they know more than the salesperson selling it to them. So and now because they do that, they tend to put their own prejudices in the way. And they tend to think that everyone else is like them. So they often will say to patients, you know, here's your plan. You need to go home and think about it. And they don't have any follow-up or they don't do that. So that's another big mistake. And I think another biggie is they're not great at discussing fees. So they discount a lot in the heads. A lot of them, you know, that's a big common thing, in the, though I have seen it in the U.S. as well. Um, they think by making uh, treatment cheaper that they'll have more patients saying yes, but you know, every 10% reduction in the fee is like a 25% reduction in the net profit. So those are the four or five big mistakes I see uh, dentists making their communication uh, skills. Well, it's very interesting that the last one, you said not great at fees. Uh, and then Michelle, my overpaid producer of zero dollars, <laughs> pointed at me and said that even I have this problem where I'm trying to get patients to say yes and sometimes forget that it's not the fee that kind of makes whether the patient says yes. And, and, and really, I talk about this a lot in the podcast and as we do trainings ourselves. Uh, it's price versus affordability. And really, it's not the price of the service. Uh, one, they have to value it and all of those things. But it's also, you've got to find a way to fit it in to their budget. So I want to come back to, actually, you know what? Now's a great time. Why don't you talk to us about where dentists can be better about talking money with confidence to their patients? Where can they be better? Well, th th there's a few things. I think the first thing, it starts off with um, a mindset that, that what, they, what they actually do for patients is really good value, you know, and that they've, they've spent hundreds and hundreds of hours, probably thousands of hours, learning the train, becoming an amazing um, dentists they've learned the craft they've spent um um you know the probably thousands of pounds uh, uh, dollars in education to get where they are so the first thing is they need to have a mindset is that you know i'm actually really good at what i do 
and I'm very highly skilled and I've learnt my craft and I'm I'm worth it. You know, that's what I call the book, you know, how to discuss fees with confidence, uh, you know, because you are worth it. So so uh, so that's the first thing I would I would say is just, you know, you know, lock yourself in a room and, and just think about what you spent on your education, how many hours you've studied what what you can do and the difference you've made you can make to patients lives you know at the start of the show today you read out a testimonial you know listen to your video listen to your patients reviews about you and what they say about you you know you change lives every day so that's the thing the first thing is is to have a, a, you know think about as have a really positive mindset about what you the value you can do and what you actually you know you the, the, what you actually bring to the table the skills that you've developed I think the second thing I would uh, do, um, urge you to do, is to charge the correct fee for what you are, for what you do. Please don't discount. Um, and I think it's quite common here in the in the in the UK, um, and it and it boils down a little bit from the National Health Service. So, if you can imagine, the National Health Service is is theoretically it's free, uh, although there is a small cost for things. So. Uh, or offer treatment, but it's nowhere near what it would be privately. So if a dentist is uh, is presenting one option against the other, well, they think if they um, charge or reduce the price of a crown, say, um, by 10%, then the gap between the National Health Service um, um, is, you know, re reduces. So in which case, more patients will say yes. But the challenge you've got is, is that, you know, if you do... Um, you look at study maths or study your accounts. Every sort of ten percent reduction in your fee actually knocks off about a third in your profit, your net profit, just less. Mm -hmm. So small reductions can make a massive impact to your net profit. So what I urge you to, and, and a lot of dentists have been doing this. You know, I get dentists on my courses who've been graduated, you know, 10, 15 years, and they've spent 15 years reducing fees. Well, it's cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars during that. So that's the other piece of advice. And what I would say is, and I, and I, and I, like I said, I speak to dentists every day. We talk about how things are. I have never had a dentist tell me, never once, who said, because I'm now charging my correct fee, people are saying no. It doesn't make any difference at all uh, whatsoever. So um, I would say, particularly if you are new into dentistry, you've got new people here, but even people who are experienced dentists just charge the correct free don't reduce it because you reduce your worth and i and i think that's that's um and it's not good for confidence and i think the third thing i would do is whenever you're explaining treatment to a patient um explain what's included in the fee what what they actually get for their fee use the word investment so if they're investing in an implant or investing in, in cosmetic treatment use the word your investment in this treatment is you know thousands of dollars and let, but let me tell you what is included in that fee and then explain to the patient what's included don't just tell you what the fee is and that's it tell them what's included and what they what you're going to do for their uh, for their fee and how you're going to follow up with them. And when you do that and explain it, you'll actually realize that actually the patient gets quite a lot for what you actually do. So those are the three things I would strongly suggest uh, that uh, that you do. I hope that helps. Absolutely. You know, a few things came to my mind while you were going through that. Uh, uh, and, and, and listen, as a practicing dentist of 20 years, 
The first thing is my fees in nineteen and two thousand nineteen <laughs> two thousand <laughs> when I started were certainly different than what they are today. And I think younger dentists are at an advantage a little bit because they're starting with higher fees. Whereas for the dentists that started in 2000, uh, it's been harder for me to get my fees to the level of current dentistry. Uh, That's one thing. So I would tell people that are in my generation of dentistry, um, do understand uh, that the time value of money is there. What cost a dollar in 2000 now costs a dollar fifty or two dollars in 2021. Uh, the other thing that I wrote down is, is it's not just the cost of the education. You know, most dentists that own their own practice have spent close to a million dollars in the facility and the ability to provide world-class dentistry, not including their dental school education, not including their uh, continuing education, but they've spent a lot of money. And when patients are comparing and when you're setting your fees, your fees shouldn't be based on what others charge. It should be based on your cost of doing business and your level of expertise. And, and I think even at this age and even at this level of quote-unquote expertness, I struggle with this. So I know our listeners are struggling with this. And, and, and what I would say to piggyback on what you, what you said, Ashley, is if you're listening today, charge more and see what happens. You know, you can always go down. But just charge more and see what happens. And then ask the question, what would I need to do to allow myself to charge more? What things do I have to have in place? Third-party financing, stretching treatment over time, all those things so that you can charge more. Because a few extra $100 is all profit at the end of the day. And we are in business to make money. And, And the more we make, honestly, the more good we can do and the more we can take care of our families. Yeah, so. one of my favorite things, and I share it every time I see it, is you're not charging someone for the hour of your time. You're charging them for the last 10 years of you learning it, your education, right. the technology you've invested in, the people you're paying for, the people around you. And that kind of leads to what I was thinking on um, our next thing, the people around you. Um, you you talk a lot in your book about like making a first impression and talking on the phone and that's kind of where this whole case acceptance thing starts. So where do you stand on like the importance of the front office and case acceptance? Well, it, it's just massive. Um, okay. I'm asking and, this because I think people leave out. I think doctors leave out the front office and training so often they just throw someone up there that has no dental experience no sales quote-unquote sales experience um they don't typically look at the dental job as sales so that's why i bring that up no and 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 i couldn't agree with you more but we have a we i have a phrase that i use is that you know everybody on the front desk they're either in sales or they're in sales prevention, <laughs> sales prevention officers, I call them, SPOs. Yeah. And so they're either hurting you or helping you. Yeah. Um, there's, um, I don't know if you've ever had Little Britain, which is, um, it's a, it's a, a, a comedy in, in the UK. Um, you must Google it. You must go to YouTube or, uh, and, and type in Little Britain. And they do um, um, they do a skit of a typical British receptionist in any sort of business, 
And the, the phrase she comes up with is the computer always says no. And it is, although you can hear it a hundred times, it's still funny. And I, and I urge you to do that. But for me, the front desk is the sing, is the most important, um, the most important person within the, within the office. I know you call them offices in, in the States and we call them practices because they make or break whether, um, a patient is coming through the door or not. Um, they can make or break it. And, if, if I could give you, um, I, I mean, I could do you know, two or three pieces of advice here. Let me try and give some value. The first thing is, is that you ought to record your um, phone calls and just see what, what's been said. Um, that, that's the first thing. And you need, you need, to, you need to know yourself what's, what your front desk is saying and, and how they're dealing with the, the new patients. The second thing is every new patient inquiry to your, your office is potentially worth five, seven, eight thousand dollars. You know, if they stay with you as a patient, they stick around a bit with you. You know, that that's potentially what they could be worth. So that's the th- second thing you need to have a mindset. The third thing I would also do is is do mystery calls. Get some people to do some mystery calls, and again, record them, listen to them. The other thing I would do is this. Okay, um, is a few. Um, a few months ago, I was walking around um, a supermarket in, in Manchester here. And I was just um, minding my own business, um, pushing a trolley. And I wasn't in a particular rush. And I was sort of um, don't go into supermarkets often. And I was observing a guy on the telephone. And he's pushing a trolley, doing his shopping. And he's got two kids behind him. And you could clearly see that this guy was having a business conversation. I'm on the phone and he's trying to negotiate a car deal. I could overhear the conversation. Well, it's a bit sad. I was probably following him for about five minutes, actually, just to see what was being said. Um, that's how sad I am. And 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 there's a tonoi, there's a tonoi going, and the woman's telling us all about the special offers in the store today. And I just thought to myself, what a you know, what a pillock. It's about the worst place in the world you should be having a business conversation because you're doing your shopping. You, you've got the noise in the background. You've got your two kids who are just causing havoc behind him. And, and all these distractions going on. And yet, if you go into most dental practices or offices, you know, the phone is answered at the reception, you know, at, at, at the front desk. And I, and I just think that's probably about the worst place you could answer a telephone call to a, a brand new patient at the front desk with all the noise going on, with patients waiting in reception, obviously, hopefully after COVID and and all the noise going on. And so um, I would professionally train your um, receptionist. They don't, you know, if you're going to recruit, you don't, they don't have to be in dentistry. In fact, you're probably at an advantage if they're not, because they've got no bad habits to get out of. And if they're at the moment in the UK, and I suspect it's probably like this in the States as well at the moment, there's, there's you know hundreds of thousands of people from the hospitality industry, the airline industry, that that you know you they could make um, brilliant receptionists and give them professional ethical sales training on the telephone and answer the telephone away from the desk, and you will just stand out. You really really will stand out from the, all the other offices in your town if you just did those few things but yeah they're either in sales or the sales prevention offices and you really want to make sure that you've got someone who's professionally trained and biased i've run courses on this and uh, we have resources but absolutely it's, it's essential absolutely essential stay with us we'll be right back
Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here, bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too, teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course, it's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. Well, uh, that hits home because, uh, let's see, 2019, I was spending four to $5,000 a month on Google Ads to drive implant patients to our practice. And on average, we were getting between 50 and 70 leads per month. And the problem was is that we converted no one from those leads. And when I recorded our phone calls and listened to them, I was flabbergasted. And I like to think we're a progressive practice, that we train people, that we have great people. Um, but it was amazing to me because here's what happens. You know, as a dentist, I'm back there churning enamel. I'm, you know, putting out fires in the clinical area. I don't really know what's going on in the front office, and I don't know specifically what's happening to my hard-earned money that's being spent on bringing these patients into our practice. Uh, so it was eye-opening for me, and frankly speaking, it was embarrassing. But the good news is that just after a few weeks of making one hour per week, to review three or four random phone calls with my front office team members, we saw a significant improvement in the conversations. Mm. And that that improvement extended beyond just the implant patients, but it extended to all the patients that we were calling. And and so it's not, and, and quite frankly, the team was looking for it. You know, they didn't know what to ask in terms of me to provide them education, mm. but they, they have a desire to be better. And in what they do, and so we can't forget about our front office team members. They're the first person you, your, your patients meet, uh, and they are an important part of your practice. So while uh, we're on ab- it, absolutely, go ahead, uh, absolutely. So while we're at, no, sorry, it, go on. No, I, I know uh, as you're listening, many of you are thinking, you know, I want to learn more. How can I learn more? What can I do? And I want to direct you guys to AshleyLadder.com. That's A S H. L-E-Y, ladder, L-A-T-T-E-R.com. And what you'll see here is, yes, Ashley's coming to the U.S. in September, uh, but that's too late, okay? We need to get started 
now. And Ashley has a wonderful uh, menu of online training, some you know YouTube videos that are free. He has his podcast. Uh, he has the books that are you know honestly dirt cheap in my opinion. Um, they're five dollars for Kindle versions of them that you can get on Amazon. Uh, you know, fifteen to twenty dollars for the paperback version. And there is no excuse to not get started today. There is no excuse to not invest. The, you know, it just re- it's easy reading. You know, mm-hmm. it's easy reading, and it's easy for you to share these things with your team members so that they can get better as well. So I want to encourage everybody to get in touch with Ashley, uh, to, to reach out and see what's possible, to look at the online training. And, and I do want to remind everybody, people in England and dentistry in England is not that different uh, than the dentists and people in the United States. Humans are humans. The same objections that we have in the United States, they have in the UK, that they have in Singapore, they have in India, they have in Australia, they have in Africa. It's the same. We're all humans. And humans want to do that. So while I'm talking about overcoming objections, uh, Ashley, talk to us about overcoming objections and reducing doubt. Okay. <laughs> How long have you given me? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's give it as much as you Summary. can. <laughs> no, we got time. Okay. For this. It's, impo- it's an important yeah. topic. I, I got no barriers. It is. Yeah. Okay. And I, I'll tell you what I'll do. Um, um, if, 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 I'll give you a, a quick snapshot. I'll give you three or four minutes on this. But if, if dentists actually, um, the doctors who listen to this, if they go to my website and, and, um, they, they purchase the books from me rather than Amazon. I'll send them a free video on this. I've, I've produced a 45-minute uh, video, which we sell for about $150 on our website, but I'll give them this free of charge. But here's, here's – let me give you some thoughts on overcoming objections. The first thing is the reason why often you get price objections is normally because it's something that you have done in the um, the previous part of the sales process, if that makes sense. So maybe you didn't have that connection. Maybe you didn't present the solution well. Um, Maybe you didn't ask enough questions. But so you've got an objection. So the patient will say, oh, that you know, I can't afford that. That's a lot of money. Why does it cost that much? So that's normally why you get them. Not all the time, but most of the time. So it's something that you've done previously in the parts of the consultation. The second uh, big mistake that dentists make is that they get defensive. And um, um, and it's like, I, I use the analogy of, of going home and your wife telling you off for something you've done wrong. And as a male, we just jump straight in and we get defensive for what we've done. Well, all that does is just escalates the argument and it makes it bigger. And, you know, as human nature, that's what we do. And after 24 years of marriage, I'm still working it out. So, um, so the worst thing you can do is get defensive. So what you have to do is you have to see things from the patient's point of view. You have to take your shoes off and wear their shoes and show empathy. And that's the key word. You've got to show empathy and see things from their point of view. Uh, because if you don't do that and you get defensive, you'll kill the sale completely. So don't don't get defensive. Um, don't say things like, no, it's not. Or don't say things like, it's a great investment or... Don't say things like, why do you think it costs that much? Because that's what I call defensive language. What you want to do is show empathy with the patient. You know, I understand you've got a concern about the fee. Now, 
the other biggie is is this is that there are, are eight different money objections eight different ones and I, I i go back to what i said before in the in the uh, one of the big mistakes is that dentists provide solutions without finding out what the problem is so what you've got to do is is find out exactly what the price objection is which one of the eight is it you know is it i can't afford it is it I've got other priorities. Is it, you know, why does it cost that much? You've got to really find out exactly what their concern is. Because if you don't find out what the concern is, you can't overcome the objection, if that makes sense. So once you've showed empathy, once you've um, found out or asked questions about what the objection is, then the third thing is, is ask the patient, do they have any other concerns? Now, the reason why you've got to ask that is that sometimes there's a second concern. The first one is a smokescreen, and it might not be price. It might be something else. And people just say price just to because they're scared of actually giving you the real reason. So you've got to find out if there's any other concerns. Once you've done that, and hopefully there's only one, you can then hopefully overcome the objection to the patient and hopefully then create a win-win. So the quick guidelines to it really are, um, don't get defensive because the main reason why you've got them is because you probably haven't done something well in yourself. Um, show empathy, put yourself in there. Your patient's shoes are not your own. Find out exactly what the objection is. There's about eight different ones. So you want to find out what their concern is because sometimes what patients say and how we interpret it, what we really mean, can often be two different things. So you've got to find out exactly what it is find out if there's any other concerns and once you know that then hopefully you should be able to overcome the patient's objection and create a win-win so there's the quick uh, guideline but like i said if if the, i know when i did, when i delivered the courses in the states this is a biggie um i know probably in america patients do tend to shop around a little bit more than maybe they do in the uk so the objection might be you know i went here and the fees here why your your fee um, but like I said, I produced um, a training program. It's about an hour long, and I go very, very, very deep into this. So if if the U.S. dentists, um, if they buy my two books, which, as you said, are about $30, um, I'll give you that program completely free of charge. It's a brilliant program, and, and like I said, it will help dentists um, a lot more confident about overcoming objections. And it's really important because it, if you get an objection, here's the other thing as well. It doesn't necessarily mean the patient doesn't want to go ahead. It just means there's a barrier and all they want is a bit more information. And that's why if you follow the steps I've just taught you, then hopefully you should, you should, it's not hard to overcome objections. It really isn't. And, but don't take it personally. That's the main thing. Absolutely. I, I mm -hmm. can't agree with that. Uh, anymore. It's, uh, you got to ask the follow-up question. And that is sometimes just, if you don't mind, uh, could I help, help me understand what's holding us back from moving forward? And you'll be shocked yeah. at what people say, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, sometimes it's a fit issue. Sometimes it's, Hey, I don't know if I'm going to have my job and, and you got to meet people where they're at. You know, it's not about, it's not about being pushy, but it is also about understanding because the more you understand, the better you can get for the next patient and the next next Correct. time you do that. So it's it's critically important. Here's, here's, here's a great phrase. Here's a great phrase. You can just say to the patient, look, Tan, you know, thanks for sharing that with me. I understand you know, the fees are concerned. So we may be able to help you. Do you mind just sharing me what your concern is? Um, and, and let's see if we can and let's see if I can help you today. Yeah. That's it.
Yeah, and, and you know, part of that is also understanding, is it that they don't believe that they need the dentistry because that's a different conversation we need to have with the patient? Yeah. Or is it, is it really the money? And then when patients say it's the money, I believe, and I firmly believe this through our firm financial arrangements concept that we teach, is that money will very rarely be the reason somebody says no. Because we try our very best to make it affordable, to meet the patient where they're at financially, and let money be the last barrier to somebody saying yes to the dentistry that they need and or want. Uh, so it's important. Um, last thing before we, uh, before we do let you finally go, Ashley, because <laughs> frankly speaking, I could listen to you talk for a long time. I yeah, like the accent. I know. I may have a man crush even, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> hey, Johnny, I've got to tell you a funny story. Um, I was um, in Chicago a couple of years ago and um, just delivered a course. It was a Friday and Saturday and Sunday was I, I was flying out in the evening. And um, like typically like an Englishman in America, we always wake up at like half four, five o'clock in the morning because it's like 10 o'clock at home. So I switched the television on and I'm watching um, TV and there was um, a music show on. And the guy just says, well, after the break, we're going to interview um, the Gallagher brothers from Oasis. Have you heard of Liam and Noel Gallagher from Oasis, the, 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 the pop group? Well, they're from Manchester. So I thought, so I'm going to watch this. When I, I go, I'll, I'll, there's a, the, the adverts were on. I came back and had a coffee and I put it on. And they started um, interviewing Liam Gallagher. Well, Liam Gallagher's got this Manchester accent. I mean, it's really, really broad and deep. Um, and as he's speaking, a load of subtitles came up on the on the TV screen. So I hope your audience can hear understand me today with no with no subtitles. We can get we can get subtitles, but I don't think we need we, them. We can get we can get them in British, as my wife likes to do. Yeah, yeah. So, so she wanted to be on today because she likes to talk in a fake I, British accent. I wouldn't bring her on because she would have nonstop just repeated what you said in an even worse British accent, quite mm -hmm. frankly. Uh, Ashley, I have one last question for you, but uh, before we get to that, if you don't mind, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Uh, so recently, as of 2021, uh, we at 3D Dentists have started a book club where we, uh, every month or two, which, you know, I think every month's a little bit <laughs> aggressive. We realized we weren't as fast of readers as we thought we were. <laughs> um, we do, and we read a book together, and then we get on Facebook and do a live review of the book. I would, on the spot, uh, I'm going to ask you, if we chose one of your books to be part of the book club, could we then get you to be on our Facebook Live to answer our yeah, audience's questions? Which book would you prefer yeah. for it to be? Um, I think the I think probably the the uh, Don't Wait for the Tooth Fairy is okay. um, How to Communicate Effectively and Create the Perfect Patient Journey. I think that's like um, the Bible. Mm -hmm. That's what I people agree. say in the UK. So that would be that would probably be the one. Yeah, so and well, I think it can relate outside yeah, of dentistry. Absolutely, too. yeah. So, so you know, my audience is mainly dentists. Yeah. yeah, so we've we'll, started uh, to attract outsiders. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'll get with Meredith and Michelle, and we'll figure out when we can do that, and they'll they'll yeah, help coordinate it with summer. your schedule, and then uh, yeah, so we'll try to make that happen for you yeah, as well. Yeah, we'd love to. All right, so the last thing I want to talk about is um, in your book, you talk about the importance of asking questions and. When I'm teaching dentists, they, you know, one of the common things I get is, is how, how are you good at this? And I always say, well, I don't, I don't answer people's questions. I answer questions with, with questions. questions. 
And uh, in your book, you talk about there's four questions, the current situation, desired situation, the implications, and the what's in it for me. I'd love you for you to give us a little bit of a breakdown of the importance of asking questions and the importance of these four specific questions uh, in the case acceptance process. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, so there's many, 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 many advantages, of, of course, of asking questions. Um, the, the, the main one, obviously, the, the more most people love to talk about themselves. So the more you're asking questions, the more the patient talks, the more you learn, the more you earn. But, you know, but it builds really strong rapport. But the other thing is, is it creates really, really uh, good opportunities. So I've developed this um, four step. Is interested in, let's say, teeth whitening, for an example. So, what I, what I've seen, and I've seen this in the US as well, by the way, in the UK, is that patient expresses interest in in something, and then the pay, the dentist starts launching into, well, we have two ways of doing this here, and what we do is we take an impression, we send it off to a lab, and they start talking about the whole process. And I say, stop doing that, you know, patients, and and, and start asking questions. So there's, there's four types of questions, as you rightly said. The first one is the current situation. So the current situation is, is where is the patient now? How do they rate the smile now? Um, on a scale of one to 10, one, they're not happy, 10, they're delighted, what number? What is it you'd like to change or improve about your smile? So what we're doing there um, is finding out where they are now. The second questions we want to be asking is what I call the desired and the desired is where they would like to be. What if we had a magic wand? What would be their desired situation? What would be their goals? What would be their vision? What else, you know, what would they like the teeth to look like at the end of treatment? You know, besides that, is there anything else at all that you'd like to change? Um, so it's finding out where they are now, and then you're finding out where they'd like to be. So now you've got a gap. Now I've changed the word implication. I, I wasn't quite. Um, happy with that. So the word I use now is is why now? Um, you know, do you mind me asking how long have you been thinking about this for? Uh, but what's caused your interest in the treatment now? Do you have an event or social situation coming up where this is really important to you? Now, the, the major advantage of asking that question is normally there's a reason why the patients are, are, are um, interested in treatment. And you want to find out what that emotional reason is and what's caused them uh, to be uh, interested in the treatment now. Now, here's a great little trick that that's not in the book, which I've is sort of fairly new material that I teach, and this is called um, when you uh, recall back to the, when you summarise back to the patient what they've just told you. So, so now you go back and say, well, Teron, your current situation is you're about a five out of ten with your teeth. Uh, you don't like it's stained at the front. Um, you've got this. You, you've seen the your pictures of yourself on the Zoom calls. What you want is your teeth to be really, really white. And the reason why you're doing this now is you've got some presentations coming up in a few weeks' time by Zoom. You want to be able to smile and present with confidence. Uh, you have been thinking about it for a while, but it's the Zoom calls that made you decide now. Does that sound about right? So when you summarise back now to the patient they start to nod and say yes. You've got the patient saying yes. It's brilliant. So once you've asked the first three sets of questions, summarize back to the patient what they've told you. 
And when you've summarized, they nod and they start saying, yes, 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 yes. And then the last question is, well, if we could achieve that for you, what difference would it make? What would it mean to you? And then hopefully they come back and say, well, it would give me more confidence to be able to present more effectively. Um, and they give you the reasons, the advantages of going ahead with your treatment. So theoretically, what they've just done is bought the treatment from you. So it starts off with current, goes off to desired. Third set of questions is why now? How long have you been thinking about it for? Summarize back to the patient and then ask the final question. What would it mean to you if we could do this for you? So that's that's the formula. That's what we that's what I teach now. And I want to point out to our listeners, not once did Ashley talk about price in that entire conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, price is not an important part of this until you understand where the patient's at, what's going on in their life, why they want this. Not just, hey, I've got a gap. You can't, just because somebody has a gap in the tooth doesn't mean they want to fix it. You know, you got to understand what's going on in their life. You got to understand the fit. You got to understand the disability. What's, why now? What's going on? What are you, what problem are you trying to solve? And then, as he mentioned, that once you have them nodding yes, once you have them saying yes, at that point, the price is not the, not, not the barrier. Then it's about how do you make it affordable and fit it the, into their life. And, and really, it's such, such an important concept for us to slow down. And, and I, I want to I um, remind everybody of this. All the things that we're talking about are common sense, okay? They're not, they're not magic bullets, but they take time and effort to put into place. It takes getting uncomfortable to learn to do that. It gets as being as silly as standing in the mirror and saying these questions. It's as silly as sitting with your wife or your friends or your spouse or your team members and asking these questions and getting practice at it. Uh, and really that's one of the keys is, it's one thing to learn the information, we gotta implement it. And implementation is step by step. You gotta learn to crawl before you can walk, before you can run. And, and little things, and, and don't get overwhelmed that, hey, I've got to do all these major changes. Just start with the four questions. If, if I could give people any advice personally, I would say just start asking questions. You know, even if you ask stupid questions, just ask questions, stop talking, get your patients to talk, your case acceptance will go up, and you'll start knowing why the patients are saying no, and then you can start answering those specific questions. Just stop, get, just stop talking yourself. Get people to talk instead. Great so, advice. Yeah, Ashley, is there any parting words or anything that's you know, pressing on your mind that you would like our listeners to know before we uh, free you up to go to bed? <laughs> no, no, it's, well, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's four o'clock. Yeah. No, it's, oh, uh, that's bedtime. That's my <laughs> afternoon nap. Afternoon nap, yeah. Dinner time. My tea, I think it's tea time. Afternoon tea. Tea yeah. time. It's time for a cup of tea. Cup of tea and a cake. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I think you said it before. People go to my um, which is www.ashley. Um, that's spelled A S H L E Y. A lady in America. I know it's a boy's name in in the UK. Um, Ashley Latter, which is spelled L A E R. We do um, a lunch and uh, lunch and learn newsletter that goes out once every week. A video. Um, as you rightly said, I've got a YouTube channel. There's probably about videos on there with tips and um, strategies um, I, I just had a, a just a, a quick thought again if if um, if, the, if any dentists are buying the books if, if the books and then just send me an email uh, just to say that the the listen 
and I will send them that. My daughter will send them that program, um, how to overcome your patient's price objection to your free of charge. It's uh, it's a brilliant program, if I say so myself. So we'll we'll get you we'll get that sent over to you as well. So uh, yeah, there's just a few ways of, of uh, connecting with me. Um, we were coming over in September to all these restrictions and uh, are coming over to Chicago to deliver some courses out there. So I uh, can't wait to come over. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Yeah. And as a reminder to everybody, um, as someone whose family's in the hotel business, I know there are many places to buy these things, but we support small and local businesses and even bigger businesses when we die, buy directly from the business. So if you can purchase your books directly from Ashley, it will certainly... Uh, um, number one, you'll get a freebie that you're not going to get from Amazon. And number two, uh, it's important that as a as a world, we continue to support small businesses because uh, it, it's just good to do. And you're going to put his daughter. Too big. They're too big, aren't they? <laughs> Did you hear him? He said his daughter. Amazon. Said it to you. <laughs> yeah, and his daughter. And he's going to put his daughter to work that we way. we got to keep his daughter employed. <laughs> I've got to so, keep my daughter working. <laughs> so just so everybody knows. It. During this recording, I went ahead and bought three books from Ashley on his website, <laughs> AshleyLadder.com. The total was seventy-four U.S. dollars. Uh, I bought uh, your three books: uh, the Tooth Fairy book, uh, the You're Worth It, the Fees book, and I bought this this book that we didn't mention, the Practice Juggler book. Yeah. And uh, so I bought all of those, and then you know, there's a little bit of a, a mailing fee, uh, but uh, all of that was seventy-five bucks, and they'll probably be the best seventy-five dollars I spend. Uh, in in months and and I should, should, I like should we to... go should we go next door and just see if she's packing your books now? <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. I would hope so. Let's listen. So we so might we bring, might get you, it shipped out this evening. You mean you you bring real you bring real meaning to the world child to the word child labor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Ashley, I, well, I saw us be, sat down before. I cannot begin to thank yeah. you enough for spending time with us. Um, it's been amazing. Uh, you're fantastic, and I wish you continued success. Uh, selfishly, I would love for us to look at having you here in Raleigh, North Carolina. But uh, uh, maybe if we can work out the dates, Meredith, I'd love to go up to Chicago. You said you're going to be in September? We're doing a course in um, Chicago, yeah. But um, where, where are you based? North Carolina. In North Carolina, yes, yeah. sir. I, w I went to South Carolina a few years ago. That's that's a bad state. Yeah. North Carolina is the better state. Is it the bad state? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, well, I've, I've, listen, um, I've, I've got, um, if, if we can make it happen, I'd love to come over. To, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, we I gotta, love coming over to the states. To I let people time. leave the country yeah, first. Yeah, we'll start there. <laughs> yeah. Ashley, thank yeah. you and everybody. Yes. Reminder. No, thanks for having me. Absolutely. As a reminder, please review our podcast Take this one seriously. Share it on social media. Your friends need this. And, and I, I, wanna, I do want to make one last remark on this. I often hear from people that they don't have a case acceptance problem. And I say, you do. And your case acceptance is too high. We need our case acceptance rates to go down because it's easy to get easier-ish to get case acceptance on single-tooth dentistry. And really what we're talking about is moving our practices forward, not focusing on single-tooth dentistry, doing more dentistry on patients in a single visit with fewer well-planned visits. That's how you make practices more enjoyable, more profitable, and that's the first step to moving towards being able to do more advanced treatment. And, and I, I believe when I hear people say I got a 90% case acceptance, I think you got a diagnosis problem uh, more than anything else in the practice. So.
Yeah. So thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, do leave us your reviews. And don't forget to support Ashley and uh, all of his work. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal. Remember to keep striving for excellence and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.